You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded hoes. Okay, guys, I know that quarantine has some downfalls, but it kind of has some positives too. And one of those is that my skin routine is killing it right now. And a huge help with that has been Truly Lifestyle Brand. Truly Lifestyle Brand is an all-natural, cruelty-free skincare company that allows your skin to become its absolute best self. Their before and after photos are insane and totally speak for themselves, so you really have to go check those out. They also just launched a new vitamin C serum that is basically like bottle of youth. Use my code TRULYPLUSATIP for 10% off your first online order. Hey guys, welcome back. It's Danny, and I'm joined by Riley. Hi. So how's your week been? Week's been? Weeks weeks have been good. Um, I started university again this week. So I've just kind of been enjoying my time off and looking at starting working again and my body just absolutely turned to shit this past week and I had the yummiest dye on my eye. <laughs> Super sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but so I've just kind of been chilling. What about you? I had a really busy fucking week this past week. I uh, did a photo shoot with Behind Closed Doors and she's awesome and I recommend her to everyone. And then I collabed with a bunch of different um, people. I interviewed uh, Sassy Cassie, uh, the Virtual Strip Club, Yes, a Stripper. And we were also on It's Wild podcast. And um, I also then I was on uh, Yes, a Stripper podcast. And I was on Intellectual Erection, which came out this past Monday. Um, Check it out. It's episode titled Danica Darling Riding Out COVID-19 as a Sex Worker. Um, I think on Spotify and a few other places. But yeah, um, so just a lot of of collabing this last last week, um, which has been fun, which is always good. It's always good to uh, find like-minded people. Yeah, I think you're like the only person I know who's actually gotten busier during COVID. Right, I know. And that's what I was saying too. It was really like a kick in my ass. It's like if I want the podcast to really take off even more, if I want my OnlyFans to be really successful, like I just need to go full throttle. So I've definitely been, yeah, maximizing the COVID times. Um, yeah. And then also do so I, of course, I always listen to not only our episodes, obviously, because I have to edit them all, but... I listen whenever I'm on an episode. I obviously listen to it. And I noticed in Intellectual Erections, I called myself a figurehead. And, like, I've been using that term a lot. And, like, I completely misunderstood what it meant. Yeah. I thought a figurehead kind of meant, like, a poster child or, like, you know, um, at the forefront. Mm -hmm. But when I, like, Googled it, apparently a figurehead means that someone who, like, pretends they have power but doesn't. Um, no. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, are you, are you not? <laughs> I was like, well, that, that's awkward. Like, so I was like, oh, okay, going to stop calling myself figurehead now. Yeah. <laughs> because that's totally not what I thought it meant. But hey, a learning, learning experience. Uh-huh. Uh, good to know. Yeah, I very rarely listen back to episodes that I've been on just because the sound of my voice, I can't sometimes. And my laugh, guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Say sorry to me. I'm not going to have to hear it 500 times yeah. over when I'm editing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I listen one just to obviously like you get better the more you listen to yourself. And then often because I get a lot of messages from people that listen to the podcast or listen to me on another podcast. So I definitely need to be aware of like what they're referring to. Um, or if I know I'm say something wrong and it comes across incorrectly and then I'm like, Ooh, I'm going to have to speak to that later. Yeah. <laughs> like, so that, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, Speaking of people writing in, one of our hilarious listeners wrote in saying, you and Riley were incorrect in your podcast this week. Google is in fact a wonderful source for helping you with a stripper name. Henceforth, you may address me now as Heidi Sunnyfire. <laughs> it's a gentleman. <laughs> so I thought I'd do a little shout out for him of how hilarious he is. So one of the things I've been like really focusing on these last like week or so, because I'm slowly transitioning mm-hmm. into being a blonde, was do blondes have more fun? And um, and then what kind of got me to that point is that you know, with uh, applying for private parties, I often hear that guys only want blondes, and they really don't care the bodies or the faces of these women. It's literally just blonde hair, and yeah. it's kind of like a selling feature. 
And I was like, you know, what? I'm sick of getting like passed over because my hair is dark. Um, so I was like, you know, what? I'm going to see how I look as a blonde. I wear blonde wigs sometimes for my OnlyFans. So I was like, I'll see how I look as a blonde. And if it sells better, I'm just going to put it to theory. But I threw it up on the, um, on the podcast Instagram to see what people's responses were on, on what their takes are. And uh, one of the people that wrote in was someone who's a square. Yeah. And she said... Different profession, but in one of the bars I served at, if there was ever a time when we compared tips, there was two blonde girls amongst literally all us dark-haired girls. The blonde girls were always making bank, getting $20 tips on $20 bills or $40 tips on $20 bills. Literally insane. And we'd have the slowest nights where everyone was lucky to make $50 and the blonde would make around $200 and be like, it's not even worth my time to come in for this. And our jaws would drop to the floor. Like, what the fuck? How did you make that? Both girls obviously were absolutely sweet, and I mean, I think every girl there was gorgeous and very good at their jobs, but the blondes just always had something else. Yeah, I wonder, I'm sure there's like a psychological reason for that. I would be interested to to know why, Mm -hmm. like what it is or if if there is anything. Mm -hmm. And then some of the the comments on the post, it got quite a few comments and they were saying, you know, so one person said, it depends on the client, to be honest, I've seen dark-haired girls picked more at some places over blondes. And the one said, I've always been dark head and not to toot my own horn, but I've always, was always number one of the top money makers in my club. Oh, the good old days. Next one. I think it comes down to the stereotypical TV stripper. If it's a man that doesn't come in very often, I know he exudes more confidence. I know I exude more confidence as a blonde and I believe that helps, but it's all, it's all in-person stuff. Yeah. When I think of like your stereotypical stripper, she's not necessarily blonde. At least when I picture it like that's not always what they are on tv mm-hmm. um, yeah a uh, next one i've been blonde brunette and red blonde by far makes the most money although i still did well with each hair color when i was blonde the stereotype definitely helped even when i was a lounge server i could make a mistake and it was almost expected out of me so rarely people would get upset or tip me less you also more you're also more intriguing if you're blonde and smart rather than the brunette or redhead because it's not expected <laughs> yeah that. Um, next, I think that blondes typically get chosen, chosen by customers slightly more often, but it's only about a 60-40 or at most 70-30 split. Um, when I went platinum blonde from a dark brown, my earnings doubled immediately. Not sure if it was because of the boost of confidence it gave me or if the men preferred the blonde. Maybe a bit of both, but either way, it was a good investment. Next, I do better as a blonde. I'm heavily tattooed and it makes me look softer. Also club setting, you glow. Ooh, look, shiny. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, in the club that we work, uh, we have black lights, so mm-hmm. any highlights or any bleach, you just stand out. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, there's like a bunch more messages kind of saying, you know, um, I've been told brunette makes me more exotic, blonde makes me look more white, white. Um, I was blonde, the only issue I had was it killed my hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely make more money as a blonde. I think it's the porn look. It's universal. Another one, gentlemen prefer blondes. It's definitely true. So it seems like the general consensus is that blondes have made a lot more money. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna try that out. I've done my first stage where I've kind of lined up to a um, lighter brown with blondish areas. Yeah. Obviously coming from box-dyed black hair and box-dyed red hair, it's a process, but yeah. we're getting there. But yeah, what's your... I mean, you've always been blonde, haven't you? I've always been blonde. Um, I started getting highlights before I started dancing full-time so I haven't noticed like a a difference to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I wonder if you went dark hair yeah I thought about it actually I I used to be like I used to have my hair dark it was like a reddish reddish brown yeah interesting yes maybe you should go black hair and I'll go blonde and we'll see oh my gosh black hair my (laughs) hair would never recover if I dyed it black (laughs) you're so wild it's black (laughs) um yeah so to be determined guys I will test out the theory for us yeah and if you're a dude like message in and yeah. Tell us why? Yeah. Why do you like blondes? blondes? If, or if you prefer, why are you blondes? hating on a star card lady? Yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, okay. So also, OnlyFans is obviously you know thriving mm-hmm. under the current conditions. But I don't know if you ladies are on OnlyFans check or emails. But I had an email from OnlyFans changing their referral program. Okay. So explain how the referral program. Okay. Works. So usually when you refer someone you receive 5% off all their earnings for, like, the entirety of how long it, they're on. It takes a cut from them? No. So so only fans, we all lose 20% of the site. Yeah. And then if you referred someone, 
out of that 20%, you would get the 5%, the, um, the site would get 15%. So it okay, takes a cut okay. out of the site's cut. Okay, okay. Um, but clearly OnlyFans is being greedy. Not only, like, is it just not enough that they have a huge influx of money yeah. coming through the site, but now they changed the referral program so that um, you only get paid off of what they make the first 12 months of their account, not the lifetime of their account. Oh. Yeah. I was like, ooh, OnlyFans. Like, you are already getting 20% of other people's work. Yeah. And, like, there's such an influx now on the site that you're probably making so much more than you even were before. And now, like, you need that extra 5%. Yeah, after a year. Yeah. Gross. So, Corporations, boom. am I right? If anyone can code out there, help us make an app. I know, right? Um, loser of the week. I know if you, had, you hadn't really had to work much, so you haven't had to deal with any, but... I had a, uh, lucky you, I had a uh, client that I had previously, I think we only met like once or twice, and he messaged me. So he said, how are you? I'm like, and this is like at 12 in the morning, so at 3 in the morning when I woke up to go to the washroom, I was like, oh, what the fuck? It's like, it's been good, I'm, it's been a while, I'm good, how are you? I'm good, thanks, you around? I'm like, yeah, always, what's up? Was thinking about hooking up when in town, what's the rate for a few hours? I was like, I'm down, when are you in town, depends what what's in what's in ti- included yeah, what do you want and then i said yeah what the fuck you want and i said my prices i was like yeah same as last time he's like yeah your rate's really high was and I, that's why i didn't call back again i'm not a grinder not my style but don't want to be getting rates that bros laugh at me for all good babe thanks for reply hope all is well you're staying safe so you already knew my rate was like clearly you're broke now and you can't afford it anymore so yeah. you're just hoping i like lowered it for you yeah. and like why are you and i was like why are you tell your friends what you pay yeah like it, and weird. then i was like also, it's a pretty standard price for most girls. Of course, you can get cheaper girls on sites like Leo's List. I would think guys would make fun of you for going for cheaper girls, not, like, why would they make fun of you for having money to spend? Do you yeah, I mean, that exactly. seems weird. Like, isn't, like, guys always have pissing contests about other shit. Like, why not? Yeah, fancier cars, more expensive yeah. girls. Like, I don't know. Watches, whatever. Like, yeah. why would you not put their money into, like, yeah, but she was... Yeah, why would you not go for the best at yeah. the best price? I mean, let's, like, let's have that disclaimer saying, you know... $200 girls are no better than whatever amount of girls. But totally, the idea but of, like, I, you know. pissing contest. Yeah, I drive you, a Ferrari. You drive a Toyota. Like, exactly. I have the money to buy a Ferrari. Exactly. You know. And then I was like, I was like, okay, well, let me know if you'd like to link up when you're in town. Would be nice to see you. Hope you're doing well. And he goes, I'm around, babe. If you want to hang, no price tag. Just coffee. That's so gross. <laughs> and I, like, I, I know you sent me these screenshots. And all uh, I said back to that was, you would, it's, it's the service metaphor again. You would never go to a restaurant, sit down with like a bartender that you have been there before, like you're a regular, and go, how about just a free meal, babe? No price tag. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah. But also, it's like going to a nice restaurant, yeah. walking in and be like, hey, is your steak still like 200 bucks? And they're like, yeah, like that's still that's, that's still the a price. price. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, 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 cool, 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 cool. Someone told me it was cheaper, but that's cool, cool, cool. I'm going to sit down. Uh, hey, can I have that sirloin steak, but uh, no price tag? Yeah, <laughs> they're like no <laughs> like get the fuck out um yeah so I just I can't like fuck off um the, he's a loser of the week um okay so then I got into a conversation with a girlfriend of mine about you know obviously with the influx of cam models and girls doing online stuff um a lot of girls you know have their own boundaries and it's it's very much possible to do cam work and to do online work and OnlyFans work and not be explicit mm-hmm. um, or have varying degrees of explicity. Um, so, yeah. So I asked her, you know, I'm sure I've had a lot of questions about people, you know, asking how they can do cam work but not show their vagina or not have, you know, porn or whatever. And that's a very fair question. And I'm sure people listening would, you know, um, benefit from her, her stance on it because she has been successful yeah. in not being explicit. So, I'm just going to read off what she kind of listed to me as ways to um, be successful as a non-explicit cam model. So it goes. A lot of girls who start camming seem to think the more they do, the more money they make. But it's not necessarily true. Some of the top models are non-nude. It's just about changing your approach and giving it a different purpose. I'm going to talk about my free cams because it's the site I'm most familiar with. Of course, camming isn't for everyone and I think it requires the maintenance of relationships more so than working in a strip club. As a non-explicit cam model, I do nude, but I don't spread my legs, so no cam shows or use of toys. I have put my focus on building more of a community. I want my members to look forward to hanging out, not just with me, but also with the chat room bros. There, That's why I spend a lot of time in the public chat room rather than in private message or private sessions. I inter- So these are her tips on what to mm-hmm. do. 
So interact with your room. Personally, welcome members saying their usernames out loud. If someone starts chatting in your room, be interested in them. Ask them where they came from. See if they had a profile and check it. If there's any information you can relate to. Maybe they work in a field you know well or own the same dog breed as you or travel somewhere you've been to. Learn to manage your attention between everyone. Give some personal attention to some members for a while, but try steering the conversation to topics that can include everyone while acknowledging everyone's input. Ask general questions. Hey, I need a new book to read or a new music or a new movie. What's everyone's favorite band, book, movie, series? It can be anything, anything like those, for example. It just makes you relatable, get to know you in the process, and you don't have to just go on talking about yourself. Play games. There are tools you use like Charles Bot to play games like Hanging Man. For example, people can tip 15 tokens to guess a letter in a sentence until the sentence is complete. I usually tell them that if you guess the sentence under 10 minutes, I'll do what the sentence says. It could be something like, if you guess the phrase, I will take my shirt off, moisturize my body, dance to Spongebob theme, anything you want to do. Trivia nights are great. Make your members compete with one another in a friendly way. Guys love to show off. Fit in a workout. Play a game where if you lose, you'll have to do 10 push-ups. Let them be DJs of your room. Sell raffle tickets and give prizes away. At this stage, I have built a I have built a nice community of guys who aren't even coming in to see me naked. They just like hanging out in the room and enjoy the wide range of topic conversations we have. I recently come up with the Adopt a Plant project. My members tip 200 tokens to adopt one of my plants, and I will love and nurture the plant as I would them. Anything is possible if you're just a bit creative while appealing to the eye. Remember to use your skills. Are you a musician, an artist? Show it to them. Maintain connection. One of the guys said it's his birthday next Thursday. Type it in your calendar and send him a personal message with a couple of free photos. Send your highest tipper a little happy new year card in the mail. Little attention goes a long way in building long-lasting relationships with your tippers. It's not what you do. It's about how you make them feel that will keep them coming back. You can be the dirtiest little hoe out there, but if you don't connect with your audience, they won't come back and be loyal members. Then she said, I could go on for ages, honestly, but if you have any questions, let me know. (laughs) So that was um, the wave dancer on Instagram and she's awesome and she's always very willing to um, offer support or guidance or anything. So I definitely recommend hitting her up, but that's just kind of the quick spiel she gave me on things she's found to be very successful as a a non-explicit cat model. Yeah. And she's been on this podcast as well. Yeah, she has been. Yeah. She's Uh, great. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. And it's very true. Um, You know, people want to feel like noticed and they want to feel cared about and and the, most of those tips go for explicit or non-explicit um, cam models, really putting in that extra effort of acknowledging people when they come in the room, you know, remembering people's names, remembering things about them, remembering their birthdays, um, putting that little effort. Yeah, and I think those can also be um, translated into OnlyFans, you know, if you have 100%. high tippers or people buying your videos. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, honestly, it can kind of bleed into everything, even just in-club sex work, too. Um, yeah. Your clients remembering important details about them, remembering their favorite drink, their birthdays, their kids if that's if you're getting on that personal level mm-hmm. um yeah great tips for sure okay so um I was on Bumble the other day and um much to my enjoyment um, <laughs> but they had this new thing called like was it Bumble trivia or Bumble questions or something oh okay oh, okay oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and um it's actually really fun so like you ask someone a question and then you answer it, but they don't get to see your answer until they submit their answer. So they come at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're going to play that for, like, the couple questions I did. I just mm. want to see your answers. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, so I'm just going to ask you the ones I had, okay? Okay. So among your friends, what are you most known for? Oh, Lord. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Well, not your quick responses. I know, <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think because I mean, I have a lot of like different friends groups as I well. I have like a lot of friends. I have like so many friends. Um, I don't know. Probably my quirkiness. Quirkiness. Being a little bit of a weirdo. Yeah, yeah, I have that. Uh, I said I'm well spoken with, and if something or someone needs confrontation or handling, I'm the one chosen. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, 100. Like, can you talk to her for me? Can you handle this? Can you tell him to go fuck off? Uh, next question: What's the best part about being single? Um, being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, without really having to answer to anyone or uh, make sure that they like they have something to do or I, I don't know yeah it's probably just being independent 
not worrying about someone else. Exactly. Okay, these down here, like this is kind of level we were hoping for, okay. and this is really low. Yeah, so I said the same thing. I said less anxiety and more freedom to use your time how you want. Yeah. Um, 100%. I get really bad anxiety in relationships. So to just not be anxiety-ridden <laughs> when I'm single is is the best part for sure. And also, I really like that first stage of, like, meeting someone new and flirting. So uh, it's it's nice. Like, it's a nice little endorphin rush to be like, oh, you're cute. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> oh, she's cute. I think she likes me. <laughs> um. What word do you hope describes your life 10 years from now? Fulfilling. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fulfilling for sure. Uh, next one. What are your personal goals in the next five years, not professional or career-wise? Not professional or career-wise. Mm -hmm. So finishing uni is out. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go back to Germany. Mm -hmm. For a little bit. I was supposed to go. I was supposed to be back today. Ugh. I know. So face. sad. Um, find a place that I'm really happy with my body. Um, I don't know. I feel like my personal life is the one place that I, I'm good. You know, like I have, I keep really good friends. So it's not like... I yes, to, you do. You really yeah. do. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't feel the need to have a partner. So I don't feel like that part's missing. But mm -hmm. maybe five years from now, that would be different. Yeah. Um, yeah, what about you? Um, I said I want to see more places and travel destination on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. Because I haven't traveled very much. I've been very um, situated with school and, and stuff like that. So... Um, Let's go somewhere, girl. Yeah, I'm down. Let's do it. I also would love to run a marathon. I always loved running, so mm -hmm. that would be a lovely thing to check off my bucket list. And then I kind of want to move to L.A. for a bit. Um, you know, it sounds pretty cliche, but I think it would be nice to just live out there for a little bit and uh, see what doors open out there. Uh, yeah, I think that's one thing that I always suggest is to live in a different country or city for at least 6 to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Just... Yeah, I think it grows you as a person, and it just opens your horizons. Mm -hmm. you know? It gets you out of your comfort zone, right? Exactly. You can make some killer friends or, yeah, find new um, career moves that you didn't think you would do. Like, if I had never moved here, I I mean, I would have met you. And, I, you know, like, <laughs> you. all of my best friends are here now, and I, I don't think I would have gone into sex work. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It just gives you freedom to not be around people that you – grown up or family members and you just get to find yourself without having to like live up to expectations yeah or be the same person they yeah. expect you to be from like years ago i think you can grow easier easier yeah. easier <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> good very good <laughs> um okay next one what's something you've done that you're really proud of this last one to make it good <laughs> i think move countries for myself yeah, that's a big, it's a big achievement. Yeah, tw uh, twice as well. Like mm -hmm. I came here and then I went to Germany. Yeah, and then coming back. Yeah, I think that's something that I really and overcoming my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent for the most part. Yeah. You know. <laughs> 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 Replay episode thirty-one. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I said I'm proud of how out I am as a sex worker because it's not always easy, mm -hmm. and how much I do for like sex worker rights and how much I um, am active in that. I like advocacy work of that. Um, yeah. That's probably what I'm most proud of. Yeah. 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 Go team. Yeah. <laughs> this episode, we're just pumping ourselves up. Really, to be honest. Yes. Um, okay. Written in questions. So first, can you please post the answers to if blondes do better in the sex work industry? I also wonder about how many prefer bright dyed colors slash wigs. So we already touched on kind of the answers. The general consensus was that, yes, blondes do better in the industry. Um, from my personal experience, the club is diverse in, in who the top sellers are. But for private bookings and parties, men tend to mostly request blondes and Asian women. At least those are the two that are most common here in Vancouver. Um, obviously, like, demographics and that, uh, you know, change things. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, with regards to, like, wigs and dyed hair colors, 
when you start to do like more of a, in quotes, like unnatural look or modified or alternative look, um, you start to target more of a niche market. So you may cut yourself off from others like old school businessmen, for example, um, in, in a general kind of idea. Totally. Um, but if you prefer to work for a niche, like get that fucking bread. Um, but yeah, just know that like that's your market then. And I think that is to be said, you know, it depends what sort of uh, sex worker you are. Like we've talked on the po- podcast with your um, uh, porn star experience or a girlfriend experience. If you're going for the girlfriend experience, then uh, bright pink or blue hair probably isn't going to mesh well with that. Like being a, blonde, a little blonde is probably going to benefit you if that's your, your market. So, yeah, find out what sort of niche you are. Working best with your personality and then have fun with your look within that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, too, also, some clubs won't let you with dyed hair. Like in New York, I know there are certain clubs that you need to have natural hair color still and you can't have tattoos showing and you don't mm-hmm. have to wear your gowns and stuff. So, um, not even just your clientele, but if you're one of those people who wants to travel with work, that's also something to consider. Um, some places are a lot more strict with the, the look of what they hire. Um, we got an email question and saying, are you okay with your boyfriend having sex with other girls? And at first I was like, is this a girl who wants to have sex with my boyfriend? (laughs) (laughs) She checking first. Um, I, no, I'm not. And people are like, oh, well, you know, your work is very sexual and, you know, you flirt with other people and you have intimacy with other people. Um, you know, is that fair? To me, like I've said many times, work is work. And if my partner was getting paid to be intimate with another person or have sex with another person, that's okay to me. That's uh, not, you know, personal gratification. That's, like, it's work, and that's that's fine. But um, just because they want to, you know, fuck people for free uh, or, yeah, that I'd have an issue with. Um, But if it was work-related, I don't give a fuck what they do. Um, And then also, too, I think if it was in in his personal life, am I involved? You know, are we having threesomes? Are we doing cockolding, voyeurism? That I'd be open to. But my boyfriend, you know, going on a Saturday night and fucking random girls, you know, no communication just because he wants to have a secret open relationship. Nyet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for sure I'm the same in the terms of, like, if it's for work, then absolutely, as long as you're being safe yeah. and not putting my health at risk, uh-huh. then that's your prerogative. Absolutely. Um, I think I've talked on this briefly but I'm open to the idea of polyamory and I've kind of gone like back and forth on it so if there was some if I was not fulfilling my partner's sexual needs and what he wanted fulfilled I didn't want to do whether that's like a certain fetish or something like that then I think it could be a conversation mm-hmm. um and same with if he was also interested in polyamory and that was something that we wanted to explore together. And again, super open communication. And that doesn't just mean like going to the club and bringing home a different girl to fuck every night. But yeah, if he wants a second relationship and that's been discussed, then yes, I would be open to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, like as cliche as it sounds, it's all about communication. Um, you know, and it's okay if you want something in your relationship that your partner doesn't want. Like... It's okay to have that conversation and realize, like, hey, like, longevity-wise, like, maybe this isn't going to work for us. And yeah. I think people are scared of that, right? And then they they stay, like, content with, you know, whatever might seem mundane to them because they don't want to upset their partner or whatever. And so I think, like, you said, you know, I, I go back and forth on polyamory. I think it's important to note, like, you, you don't owe it to anyone to remain a certain way. Like, it's fully okay for you to be in one relationship, very polyamorous and okay with that, and the next relationship, not want that. And, like, you know, constantly adapting to, like, whatever works for you. Totally. And I've definitely gone through stages of my life where I've been, like, it's polyamory a bust for me. Mm-hmm. And some stages of my life where I, I have been able to see myself in a monogamous relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. so yeah I don't know I think it's always a conversation between you and your partner and you know as long as it it would make my partner happy without damaging me and my mental health I don't understand why that can't be a conversation that's at least on the table Mm -hmm. yeah okay I had another question um from a gentleman 
said, my current partner is a closeted sex worker. This is a real problem as she is constantly having to lie to go about her business. You might think she's a baby stripper, but she's over 50. She's been doing this since she was 19 and dancing in LA. My question really is, why is she so jealous? I'm not a bad man. I love her for who she is, not what she does. And yet she just can't believe that I'm not with her for sex. So she's constantly stalking me and fretting over every little thing and accusing me of cheating with coworkers or even strangers just walking by our condo. Thank you. Um, I have some, I have a few different thoughts on this. Um, have you, I, you know, you said you're not a bad man, but have you, you know, have you done something that would plant that seed of distrust in your relationship? And, you know, even if you haven't, I think as a sex worker, we just see so much um, cheating. And unfortunately, it's part of our job to kind of, you know, protect our clients like it's confidentiality. And, uh, yeah, I, I can see how distrust in men would form from being in this industry. Um, whether or not, you know, you've personally done anything that would um, catalyst that. Mm-hmm. No, 100%. I agree. Um, I'm very untrusting of people in general, but specifically men, because I constantly see men cheating. I constantly see men come into the strip club with a ring on it and then take it off five minutes later. Um, you know, so you were not, you can't, as much as it would be nice to, you know, take off, you know, your stripper clothes, take off your pleasers and go home and forget everything you just saw that's literally not going to happen you remember those things you take them home with you and you know the best part is when people say oh well you're biased because of the guys you see the guys I see is no different than the guys you're serving or the guys that are going from to movies or the guys that are going to restaurants you know mm-hmm. they're the same people we just see a uh, side of them. yeah we just see like the more of their true selves that they're hiding from their wives and then we also I know at least for myself I've met many women who I've seen their husbands at the strip club or I've seen their husbands, you know, you know, procuring services from other women. And, uh, and the next time I see their wife, they're talking about how great their husband is and not being in like a sarcastic way. Like they truly think their husband is like the best ball and chain, like, you know, never cheats on them. And, and then you can't help but think, is that me sometimes? Like, am I thinking yeah. my husband's this godsend and he's fucking around? <clears throat> you can't really not think that when you see that often. Yeah, but I mean, if you and your partner are having troubles with this and, you know, she is having to go through habits um, to kind of calm herself down, whether that's, you know, fretting over you or, like, being a little um, occupied with your whereabouts, um, maybe couples counseling is Mm -hmm. a good idea to go to or, you know, see if you can find some, you know, she says she's closeted and it's never okay to out people, but if you can find... Um, you know, a counseling service for women in, you know, sex work who can't come out as mm-hmm. a sex worker, I think that, you know, would be great for you both. And I, I honestly think everyone should go to therapy. 100%. And that's something Sasha Lee said in our last episode, um, Experience Entertainer First Time Mother, episode 34. Um, you know, me and you have both witnessed her with her partner, her husband, and they're great together. And that's something I think a lot of us strive for in this industry is to find that balance and you know she said a lot of counseling has helped yeah um and you know even if you're not trying to overcome some obstacle I think counseling is great for anyone single or otherwise um but yeah for me in the situations I've been in where I felt very anxious about my partner it's usually either from their past behaviors but no matter how long ago they were you don't you know I can forgive but you never really forget you know you don't Mm -hmm. get amnesia all of a sudden so it's either from their past behaviors or from my job and what I see a lot of men behaving like. Um, and honestly, that just, you know, as much as many answers as we can give to why we'd feel that way or suggestions for you, I think the biggest thing is just to talk to them about it and say, hey, I noticed that you're having really bad anxiety or like you feel uncomfortable when I do this. Like what can I do so we can start building from here and yeah. building the trust? And, you know, they might, it might be something super simple that you never even thought of. Like, hey, just like talk to me about women you find attractive at least for me, that's something that has weirdly helped me is if my partner admits when he finds women attractive as opposed to thinking he wants to, like, fuck every girl that walks by him. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, like, it's a weird thing that's helped me to, like, 
yeah. be accepting of my partner finding people attractive. That doesn't mean they're going to cheat. That doesn't mean they want them, you know. I, yeah, and I can understand that. Like, everyone notices attractive people. Like, mm-hmm. that's just human nature. And if you then lie about it to your partner, that's still a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, and yeah, it makes that thing of, like, well, you can't even admit to being remotely attracted to a movie star. Yeah, You're so never going to admit to me if you want to fuck this girl down the street or if you would have fuck up, yeah. Or if you wanted to, you know, have sex with someone else or have some sort of fantasy, you wouldn't you wouldn't admit that to me. So now it's created that, like... Distrust and worry exactly. about, you know, are There's you thinking about my back? Dialogue. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, communic- honestly, it sounds like super cliche and we say it all the time, but communication is everything. And if it's difficult, you're doing it right. Like, these honest mm-hmm. conversations should not be comfortable mm-hmm. because, you know, we have not been brought up talking about it. Uh-huh. But it's those uncomfortable conversations that make a relationship just so much stronger. 100%. No, I completely agree. But good luck. Let us know how it goes. Please do. Also, too, like, you know, a little bit of, like, gentleness and sympathy with the fact that it must be really fucking hard to be a sex worker for that long and to be closeted about it. Like, I couldn't imagine how isolating that must feel too, yeah. right? Um, so, yeah, just kind of even just giving her that that credit for that too, that, you know, um, she's dealing with something that for a long time now that she can't be proud and open about. Totally. And I'm definitely not an expert, but I could see how being anxious about people having finding out what you do would manifest itself in something that she can kind of control Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. think that she can control, which, you know, could be you. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. not saying, like, that is what it is. Like, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but, you know, anxiety, at least for myself, has manifested in different areas, which Mm -hmm. it has had no relationship to. Yeah. Well, even, like, with eating disorders, right? Like, it's a control thing for a lot of people. Not everyone, but that's, like, that's a huge aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Um. Next question. Are pleasers easy to walk in? Uh, more so than regular high heels, yes. So if you've ever seen a pleaser, well, I mean, this is just for me, but if you've ever seen a pleaser, you'll notice that there's a big platform and then a big heel. Like, that's where you get most of your height. So it means that the angle of your foot is not in sort of your stiletto angle. So um, in not that... Not a sharpening. angle. Exactly. Yeah. So in that sense, your foot is... At less, yeah, at less of an angle, which I find more comfortable to walk in um, once you get used to having, you know, that additional platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it depends on the sort of pleasers. Like, if you have pleaser boots, like, you're going to have more ankle support. I have, you know, baby gazelle ankles. They give away all the time. <laughs> so the boot is really good for me and the strap is really good for me. Um, but, you know, the slip-ins I find a little harder. It, it, it depends if you're used yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely recommend if you're just starting out, do like a five inch, mm-hmm. which you don't, you won't see most strippers walking a five inch, like all mine are, you know, seven minimum. Um, usually some, some are eight and nine inches. Um, but yeah, try, try the five inch. It's obviously lower to the ground than what most strippers walk in, but it's a good stepping stone and definitely your boots are going to be your biggest ankle support. It's going to be the easiest. And then going to an ankle strap. And then if you do feel like the slip-ins, um, or slip-ons, give those a try. I don't really like the slip-ons just because if I need to hustle, like run after a customer who hasn't paid me or yeah. anything, like I like my shoes being secure. But they are the benefit of if you like dancing without shoes, to be able to just slip your feet in and out is nice. But um, yeah, I kind of have kind of have them all, and my my go-to's are seven-inch uh, strapped. Yeah, I sit around the six and seven because I'm already quite tall as a girl, yeah. so I think that. Um, I mean, sometimes the height really works for that because mm-hmm. I just look like I'm only legs. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating for, for some guys. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would say that they're more comfortable to walk in than regular heels. Oh, just for because, sure, yeah. Just because the angle is is made for walking and dancing around it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I also um, – I'm 5'3", right? So even with my 7 inches, I'm only 5'10" which um, is, you know, average guy height, so that's nice. But it's, like, definitely to consider when you're looking at height, like, you don't really want to be, you know, 6'5", <laughs> like, looking down and like, you want to dance? <laughs> See, there's this one girl at my club who is six foot and then wears heels because she goes to that Amazon goddess look and it works for her. Mm. But then if you're that, you're not quite tall enough to pull that up but not quite short enough yeah like you just you have to find what works for you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. 
And if you're just trying, obviously, I would recommend black patent or black matte because um, they just go with everything. And I always avoid uh, white footbeds because they get so dirty mm. so quickly. Um, yeah, I never fuck with white footbeds. Or Claire is really good too if you know you're going to change up your outfit a lot. Mm-hmm. The only thing with clear ones, I find, like the clear uh, straps, yeah. I find they can get dirty um, between the footbed and the strap kind of. And also, like if you're mm. you're working really hard and your feet start to sweat, like it can show on the clear it's one of my biggest happy oh, really? I I've see girls. That. Oh, I can see it on girls all the time. Grossing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, pleasers are pretty, I think, pretty easy to walk in. Um, okay, next question. Okay, so I just watched Hustlers, and I'm sure it's not like the most accurate representation of a strip club, but all I could think of was like, wow, how do you not get so sick of men and their ways being a sex worker? I feel like I would loathe the guys who came in or regulars. I always like that even to set cactus. I thought the regulars were disgusting and need to get out more. But you enjoy what you do. So how does working in a strip club make you enjoy it? Or do you enjoy other aspects? And like young guys who come in as a group and probably don't tip well and are obnoxious, like how do you deal with them? I couldn't work in the lounge at Cactus because I would not, because I could not handle the way men and groups of guys treated us. I much prefer to stick to the dining side. I don't know how you do it, girl. Thank you for answering all my questions. I hope I don't offend you. Yeah, so for those who aren't Vancouver locals or even Canadian locals, uh, Cactus is like a chain restaurant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's obviously a server um, in this job. I think for me is you don't have the same, and we've talked about this on another episode, is you don't have the same... um, Autonomy. Autonomy, but also you don't have the same uh, expectations from your boss to handle those customers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if a group of guys come in that don't tip, you don't have to serve yeah, them. You don't yeah. have to walk up to them. You don't have to talk to them. Yeah. You can tell every other girl that they're being shitty they're and losers, no one will yeah. talk to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you just don't have that. Like your boss isn't going to say, come over to you and be like, why are you talking to those group of, like, group of guys? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that in itself makes it way more tolerable is being able to choose your customers within the club. Definitely. So, yeah, like, the first thing she said there, like, how do you not loathe people come in? And, like, I totally do hate some people that come in. But, you know, I have regulars and I have clients who respect my boundaries, both physically and emotionally and mentally. And they never hang on my prices. They always tip well. They respect my time, respect that it's a job. And, like, how can you not like those people, right? And most of the guys in the club, like, can be quite mentally and emotionally draining. And that does take a lot of me. But, like, yeah, it's just like any other job where, you know, you're going to have things you love about it and things that you don't like, and um, those change day to day. Like, some days I fucking love my job. Some days I'm like, oh, it's like it was hard today. Mm -hmm. Um, But I definitely, like, I served before, and the days that I like my job were few and far between. And for the same reasons, you know, she was saying, you deal with a lot of um, disrespectful people and a lot of cheap people, and um, you get that a lot in the service industry, some terrible customers and terrible experiences, and... Like you were saying, like the, I like the autonomy that stripping gives me where I have freedom with the money in my own schedule and I meet amazing, amazing girls I work with and I find it empowering to profit off the male gaze and my sexuality and I love performing and I love being on stage. Um, so the, the good definitely does outweigh the bad. Um, couldn't say that was the case when I was serving. And yeah, like definitely there are shitty guys that come in, but like you said, like we don't have to deal with them. Like we totally can do okay, fuck off and walk away. Um, and you tell every other bitch. Yeah. And, and yeah. And have it known that they were like a waste of time. You couldn't really do that as a server. Um, you know, your table couldn't sit down. They'd be rude and be like, oh, actually I'm not going to serve you. Um, most places I worked that there was no kind of support from um, higher ups if you didn't want to serve a table. And yeah, but like, you're never going to offend me asking a question. That's why, you know, we do the podcast is to have people ask questions. And it's all about the context and the intention behind it. You know, like you're genuinely asking, like, I could never do it. How, did, how does this work for you? Um, you know, it would be different if you were asking, you know, ew, like, how the fuck can you be a stripper? Like, you know, yeah. it's definitely, you know, then you'd get a little, like, fuck you and block. But, yeah, you'll never offend me. And I, don't, I, don't, I can't speak for you, Riley, but... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to be offended. People are generally asking, you know, questions out of curiosity. Exactly. And I'd rather um, have them ask and give them an answer from experience than them assume something mm-hmm. and have, like, a complete misidea about yeah, what exactly. it's actually like. Exactly, 100%. And uh, definitely not taking, you know, their knowledge from the Hustler movie yeah. and things like that. Um, 
Okay, so we had a little bit of a longer write-in with a situation that came up about client ownership and poaching. And this is a very real thing in the sex work industry and in most industries, I think. Um, but yeah, we're just going to give it a read. It's a little bit longer, so so bear with us. But Okay, so I think you could have a good combo topic from this, comparing it with how it is at the strip club when you know a certain client comes in first for a specific girl, for example. Recently, I decided to take part in a tip war tournament with some girls from my free cams. Basically, the organizers, two MFC girls, matched girls of similar levels to schedule a tip war, and the loser would have a punishment, something funny or gross, but the whole point is to have fun, even if it can be competitive. The morning I was scheduled on, I woke up to a message saying that I was disqualified for poaching. The message said that a member, who apparently was hanging out on a regular basis with one of the organizers that I only knew by name of this tournament, said I had sent them unsolicited private messages the week before and that wasn't acceptable. A tweet was posted about me. While keeping my name private, it described what they had made out of the situation and the comments were hurtful. A vulture, a cancer, disgusting way of being doing business on the site, etc. This was all I even got this is all before I even got the chance to be heard, and I still had no idea who the member in question was. Poaching is a term used by cam girls to describe girls that message site members while they are in another cam model's room and incite them to come into theirs, but the definition can vary from person to person. For some girls, poaching is simply messaging a member before he does first or comes to your room first. At the end, I found out who the member was, and it turns out he only innocently said he chatted with me and knew I was a part of the tip tournament. Then he was asked questions by the model. Did she message you first? Was it while you were in my room? Etc. As someone who worked in sales my whole life, from face-to-face to to cold calls and anything in between, I treat this job as a sales job. I am the product, and when they are selling a product, you need to put in in front of others. Since models are ranked by cam scores on the page, the highest earners are always going to be at the top of the page. So yes, I have been adding some of the site members to my friends list, and when things are quiet, I message them to introduce myself and invite them. I don't know what they are doing in that moment, and that's none of my business. They don't have to answer if they don't want to, and they can even click a button to stop receiving messages from me, so I never saw an issue with doing this. There's a difference between this and sitting in a cam room spying on who gives tips or talking a specific model down to drag them out of their room and get them into yours, or messaging a member that you know for a fact is a regular client of your friend, which was not the case in this situation. Why should a cam model be a victim of so much hate for only trying to make her living? That got me thinking about how it was when I was stripping. When you know a guy is there for a dancer, you stay away. But if they're not in the club that night, is it wrong to approach them? And again, we're talking about a strip club where there's a limited amount of dancers. My free camps is anywhere between 900 to 2,000 models online at one given time. It's not my job to make sure that members aren't already hanging out with someone else. When you sell vacuum cleaners and see a potential client, you don't first double check with them. Oh, sir, sir, first I just need to ask, do you usually shop with your vacuum cleaners in another store? I wouldn't want to steal you from them. I don't think messaging members shows that you are against other cam models or aren't doing anything right. In fact, I have met some of my most loyal members that way, and they wouldn't have found me if I didn't introduce myself first. It's a first and foremost a business, not a sisterhood, and as long as you abide by the site rules and do not backstab your friends, you should be free to make contact with whoever you choose. Members are not to be owned. I have asked my members what they thought of this concept, and of course, they are kind of biased because they hang out with me because they like the way I am and do things, but most don't mind that models message them. If they aren't interested, they just don't answer. What I have found also is that some members can tend to want to play the white knight and report everything to their favorite model to get attention maybe. Some like to start drama between the girls. They like to have two girls fighting over them. Models should know that members are not always telling the truth before they get upset with other girls. It's easy for a member to say some girl messaged them first and say this and that. How do you think this compares to clubs? Is there an ownership culture with clients? Well, first of all, like I'm sorry that you had to go through all that hate before um, you know, the model approached you or DM'd you and said, hey, what's your side? Yeah, can you explain this? Or like, what happened? Like, can I have your side of the story? And, you know, when you're fighting against 2,000 cam models, I can understand that not everyone has time to, or, you know, maybe there is distrust there that they've been so poached and burnt that they just react. Um, But yeah, I'm sorry that you had to go through all that hate without, you know, having your story um, told it, there's definitely some of that in the club that I work in but not a hell of a lot like it's there's a, a bunch of different girls and it is difficult to keep track of who's here to see who but if you go up to a client and they say 
Yo, I'm here to see so and so. Then you and you know that they're working. Then you back off. Like that's just common courtesy. But I don't think it's expected that you don't approach someone because you're supposed to know that he's here for her. Like, mm-hmm. what you if know? you do know that that person usually sits with this person? That girl not here today. If they're not here today, I think unless they call you over, you should stay stay clear. Yeah. See, I'm very much of the old school mentality where like. And this is something I see like a lot of new dancers doing and not understanding is like stage. You don't ever approach a stage um, when someone's on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see girls doing that. And it's all about this kind of client ownership. Um, I tend to not approach clients if I've seen them with another girl before. Or I know they're quite regular with another girl, even if the girl's not there. Um, just out of respect. Um because you don't want to get a name for being a poacher. Girls totally. aren't going to want to work with you. They're not going to want to tag team with you. Um, have people stolen my clients? Yes, all the fucking time. Girls don't have that much um, common courtesy, I find, especially newer girls. Um, but yeah, there's very much uh, client ownership in the clubs. Uh, I think more so than even online, I would say. Um, like, to a ridiculous degree, I know... Some girls will threaten clients. Um, you know, if I ever hear you're going for a dance with another girl, like yeah. blah, blah, blah. I've heard that a lot. Um, and then you, I know there's certain girls, I can think of like three top ones in my head right now that if you go to a client, they'll be like, no, 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 I'm waiting for blah, blah, blah. And don't tell her you talk to me. And it's like, what did she oh do God. to you? Like, what does she have on you? Yeah. It's like, that's, I think, a little bit ridiculous. Um, and I think, honestly, it kind of stems from like this weird, like insecurity that, you know, if you know you're good at your hustle and you know your clients like you, like you shouldn't have to like, demand that they never talk to another girl um but it's a, that very much does happen in clubs yeah I mean I'm just I've never been accused of poaching I've definitely like sat down next to someone who was just at the bar and then a stage girl has approached me and I've just gotten up to leave because I didn't know that he was here to see her mm-hmm. and she's been like no stay and we had a drink together mm-hmm. so I don't know maybe yeah I it's just different for everyone I think or and uh, but I've I've been with a guy when and gone in for ah. I've been with a guy I've gone in the back for an hour come out gone back in for a half hour come out to get a drink or whatever he's been at the ATM getting more money because we're about to go in a girl has approached him at the ATM while I'm across the room eyeing them up and then he's obviously pointed to me that we're going back and she still tried to poach him mm-hmm. and I was like. <laughs> bitch yeah like that's so dirty yeah I think that's shady as fuck uh, I don't like shit like that um yeah I I try to not step on toes in that sense um but I'm also the type who I will call someone out if they try to take a client mm-hmm. um yeah I it's, it's definitely like a weird dance right because like you don't ever really know who has ownership over what client exactly. and like, you know, I'm obviously I pick and choose too how much I like the girl. You know, <laughs> if it's like a good friend of mine, I would never fucking even approach a client. If it's a girl who I think is kind of a cunt. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm going <laughs> to say hi. Yeah. yeah. Slash a nipple. And this is the thing, like the club I work at has just so many VIP girls. Mm. Stage girls are a little bit different, but so many VIP girls. I just don't, I would never expect someone to be able to see a face and go, oh, that's so-and-so's. Yeah. But yeah. I think just if they mention, I'm here to see this person, respect that and walk away. Yeah. And I think, too, there's, like, that, you know, the other side is, you know, that client ownership is, like, if the client wants to see another girl, like, you know, don't stop them. Don't yeah. be like, no, you're not allowed to see her. Like, I think that's fucking weird. I've never understood that mentality. But I know some girls, I work with Fort Mac and are back here in Vancouver with me now. Um, they've been like that for fucking years. Yeah. You know, they, like, threaten their clients. They, they like, pout if their client ever talks to another girl. Um, it's very weird. (laughs) Um, but yeah, but then even on like Instagram, you know, me and a couple of our friends, we've been talking about Instagram, like even just following other people's clients. Like I have a client on my Instagram who's quite, you know, quite, um, generous with me. And, you know, I said to my friend, I saw that she had, they'd followed each other. And I said, you know, I'd appreciate if you didn't follow him. You know, he's one of my clients. So it definitely does translate into online work as well. Yeah. And of course it's a good friend of ours. And she's like, oh, I honestly didn't even know that was your clients, like, I'll block him right now, and it wasn't even an issue, um, but yeah, so, yeah, exactly, but, you know, that's, that's the whole, I'm here to see so-and-so, or, you know, it's a friend, like, you would never step on your friend's toes, yeah, at least, you know, not on purpose, yeah, exactly, 
Um, yeah, so I think there's definitely a delicate dance you do online and and uh, in in person work where, yeah, I um, yeah, and honestly, like a lot of it does have to do with like how much I like the girl. And to be honest, like yeah. certain girls, I'll give more respect to, and certain girls, I'm like, nah. <laughs> and if they fuck me over before, 100, percent I'm taking that client. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. That's, um, but that's, you know, who wrote in is exactly right. Like, it is first and foremost a business, and you don't want to do it so that you're distrusted in the industry, but also you can't give up every single client you see because you've seen them with another girl before. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's just not how businesses work. It's not how successful businesses run. Yeah. 100%. No, for sure. It is that definitely that fine line of, like, not poaching, but not turning away every client because someone else might get upset that your their client yeah. moved on to you. You know, um, for sure, it's it can definitely be difficult to to balance that. All right, stay or go. Yes. Number um, one, they can't cook at all. Uh, I think it would depend why they can't cook. Like if their mom's cooked for them, they've just been babied their whole. They've life. been babied their yeah. whole life, and now they can't. You know cook more than a piece of toast and not, toast. <laughs> also not trying to learn. Like if you're looking at, you know, that YouTube and you're trying to dance to learn how to cook a meal, then sure. Why not? Everyone has to you. learn. Exactly. But if you've been babied your whole life and you're not willing to do it and you just want to keep being babied, absolutely not. But also I know that, you know, some of my friends can't cook because their parents didn't know how to cook. So they didn't teach them. And yeah. So I think it depends for me. How about you? Honestly, I really don't give two fucks if you can't cook. I don't, I never cook. I barely ever. I fully know how to. Um, I'm actually quite a good cook, to be honest. But, um, <laughs> wouldn't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, no one will ever know because I just don't. There's other places I'd rather spend my time. Yeah. And like financially, I know it's really irresponsible, but I don't mind paying for someone else to cook for me or buying every meal. Yeah. Um, and most partners I've been with are in the same boat where they're quite busy with their jobs and, you know, they come home late at night. And the last thing we want to do is then put an hour and a bit aside to, like, be cooking a meal. Yeah. You know, we'd rather just go right to eating dinner with each other and, and talking about our day and enjoying the time we have together. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, that that doesn't really matter to me if they can't cook or not. All right. They have a very low sex drive. Again, if, you know, if my needs aren't being met and they're not okay with, um, you know, opening up that relationship to – have those needs met, then that would be an issue just because I have a really high sex drive. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, I mean, a lot of people aren't okay with that and that would then maybe be a, a go for me. Yeah. I mean, like language is the love and that my, big one of mine is physical intimacy and physical touch. And if their lack of a sex drive translated to like no cuddling, no like physical, like mm-hmm. physicality with it, um, that yeah, that wouldn't be well for me. Just I know for like my mental health, it would really take a toll on me, um, not being like caressed or like held and things like that. Um, and then also yeah, just not necessarily go, but there would definitely be a talk being like, okay, I have a higher sex drive than you. Yeah. How can I satisfy that in this relationship? How does that look like with your low sex drive? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've definitely had relationships where you know some of them. One of my partners was taking. Um, pills for depression and anxiety and that really can stunt a man's ability to have an erection Mm -hmm. so that was really hard for us because it's you know logically it's not you but it's hard to kind of uh you know go with that in your head being like hey he can't get an erection it's not me he doesn't want to have sex but it's not me so yeah just communicating and and to be honest, I could see it leading to a go. Yeah. But I definitely think you should stay and have that talk first. Yeah and I think you know if they're dealing with something like depression, then I, you know, I would just be more willing to find alternatives, you know, either for myself or for us, because, you know, I've been, you know, I've been on, um, depressants before, depressants, antidepressants, and it is, it is shitty. And then to have someone leave you for that would be really shitty as well. If that was really the only thing. Yeah. And also I've just gone through periods of my life where I just don't want to be touched. Oh yeah, for so sure. If it's a short term thing then or you know, something else, I would stay with alternative methods. Yeah. Um, but if it's just in a general thing, I don't I don't think I could do that if there was no compromise. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Uh they live three hours away. 
No, I don't think so. I think that would be a go for me. Long, like, long uh, distance things have never really worked out for me because I like the spontaneous, let's go do this or let's go to the market on this day without having it to be like an event, mm-hmm. you know. I, I like some having someone close that I can see every now and again and it doesn't have to be hugely planned. Like I like those spontaneous things. Yeah. Um, I honestly like I thrive in long distance because I – do have a lot going on all the time Mm -hmm. that I hate feeling like I need to schedule in time with someone Um, where it's like, oh, I haven't really spent much time with them today. Like I got to put a couple hours aside or I have to make sure I'm home for dinner with them. Um, I get like that as soon as I start to, maybe it's not a good thing, but as soon as they kind of go away for a bit, I start to get accustomed to being alone. And then they come back. I'm like, you're in my space. (laughs) Like, um, I would think that long distance, you have to really schedule time for them. I think more so like, how do I say it? I would schedule like a few days where it's like I block off Mm. a few days, but, and then that like allows me to schedule all my stuff for like the weeks ahead and like get things done. But if it's like I'm busy throughout my day and I'm like, oh fuck, it's nighttime and I haven't even looked in their direction and I feel bad or you have someone kind of hanging around watching you and you're like, oh, you're always busy. Ugh, like you don't. You don't talk to me. You're always on your phone, like things oh. like that. Well, that's just needy. <laughs> yeah, right? So maybe just like someone who's around that's not needy would be ideal. Yeah. But yeah, I don't mind long distance because um, I like the companionship of like calling someone at night and be like, hey, like what did you get up to today? And having someone to like text laugh with or, you know, text an update to. But I like being able to go do my own thing and not have someone kind of hanging around me. Yeah. I mean, I just shouldn't be in a relationship. <laughs> Maybe you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> like, I'm just doing it wrong. me. Like. Yeah, yeah. Please, please give me advice. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, okay. Doesn't get along with your parents. No. My mama is everything to me. If you can't get along with her, and, like, she loves – she wants to love everyone. So if you don't get along with her, it's like, you what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never really had someone not get along with my parents. I've had my parents not like people. Yeah. It's usually the other way around. But my parents are – like, they're pretty nice. Like, they make really good food. Like, so, like, that usually wins people over. Um, yeah, I don't I, – I, it would be a go, but I've never even had to deal with that, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just trying to think of, like, the sort of person that would That's get along saying. with my like, mom. Yeah, who, who would my par- – like, who wouldn't like my parents? Yeah, it's like, who wouldn't like my family? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Who would my parents like? Well, that's a different story. A hundred percent. Okay, so it's a go for both of us. Yeah. Uh, last one, you don't get along with their parents. I think that would be a go for me as well. Just because, you know, family is super important. And the only really person I've dated that I haven't gotten along with their parents is because they haven't gotten along with their parents. And it was not for reasons that I understood that they did not get along with their parents. It was just him being a complete teenage shitbag, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that would be a go for me as well. Yeah, for me it's a go because... Well, my last relationship, his parents um, were these, like, in quotes, devote Mormons. And they were just honestly really shitty people. And they made really horrible comments about me. They gossiped about me in their little community all the time, made up ridiculous stories. And it was just like, wait, these are the people I've avoided my whole life. Like, shitty, catty people that lie their way through life. Like, that's everything I hate in a person. And now I'm going to voluntarily have these people as, like, in quotes, part of a fam- my family. Yeah. Like, fuck that. I'm not marrying into this psycho family. I don't want my kids to have these people as grandparents. Like, fuck that. No. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it would be a go for me. Yeah. Unless they were like, hey, I choose you over my family. We never have to deal with them. But then, you know, that never lasts, and you get you come off as the asshole who, yeah. like, separated a family. So. And then it depends, you know, why you don't get along. Like, if they don't get along with their parents either, like, are their parents just kind of shitty people and they want to be apart from them? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. But, but yeah, it's damn. pretty much a go for me. I think yeah. it's been, like, the most things that we've agreed on. Proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> go team. Um, okay, last remarks. 50 plus tip merch, it's, it's you know, it's going to happen, I promise. It's just, we've I've been really focusing on um, the podcast itself lately and having a lot of amazing guests on and, um, and putting myself more out there for other interviews as well. So um, it's coming. Um, still would love to hear all your um, advice and comments on what you guys wanted to look like and what, what items you'd want. Um, and then, yeah, I have the online dance workshop coming May 21st. 
It's um, $25 for a ticket. They're on sale right now. You can get them at the link in my bio. Um, if you click that link, it is Linktree and it gives you three other options. Uh, just click the Lap Dance 101 and you get your tickets. There's also raffle tickets you can get with that. And the prizes for that raffle are amazing. So I definitely recommend you buy some raffles. You can buy as many raffle tickets as you want to up your chances of winning. Um, so yeah, I'd love to have you guys as a part of that online dance workshop. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. Okay. So where can people find you, Riley? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Van City Riley. And still that's all. <laughs> and that is still all I have. <laughs> um, as always, you can find me on 50 plus a tip. 50 plus a tip on Instagram or email me at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. You can find my DMs or email me with any questions or comments or feedback. And feel free to show your love and support by looking at my Volva and sending me money and subscribing to my OnlyFans at onlyfans.com slash Danica underscore darling. That's Danica with a C. And then make sure to check out our amazing sponsors. So we have Temptations Avenue Lingerie, which is a Canadian-owned lingerie brand with a variety of styles, ranging from sexy and wild to demure and sweet. Check them out on Instagram at Temptations Avenue and use our discount code TIP25 to get 25% off your entire order. That's TIP25 for 25% off. And use code TRULY plus a TIP for 10% off your first online order of skincare products at Truly Lifestyle Brand. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Oh, shit. And happy howling. Wait, what are we doing? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, they. Have a wonderful week. And happy howling. Bye. Bye.